Hey everyone, it's uh, it's been a long time, but finally we are uh, T minus five days till the season starts. Let's do this. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Again, five days or four or however many until, depending on when you listen to this one, but, uh, you know, it's been a while. It's good to see everyone, or, you know, since I can't see you, hopefully uh, you've missed me. Enough about me. Let's get to the guests tonight, and uh, producer Andy, please bring on whoever's first. Hey, Brad, from uh, from Las Vegas, Nevada. How's it going? I'm doing quite well. It's it's quite good time for uh, season starting, you know? You said five days, four days, however many days. It's just nice that it's under 10. It is. It was a long off-season, a little bit shorter than, obviously, we are probably used to. Uh, quite a lot shorter than the year prior. But uh, hopefully some some tentative excitement on your end. Uh, next up, Taylor, I believe. Hi, Taylor. Hi, hi. How are things going? All is well. It was nice to be at uh, the preseason games and looking forward to the season starting. I bet. Um, really quickly, Taylor, throw me a. Uh, we'll we'll get to that guy in a second. The one with the beard. Uh, just just give me a. Who's the season MVP? No context here. Oh, uh, Trialist number four. <laughs> Great, Brad. Who's yours? Is it Trialist number one? No, my season MVP is going to be Peterson. Okay. And uh, Mr. Fat Guy Running, before we ask how you're doing, tell us who is the MVP of the season. Sparky McNulty. Let's go, Scotsman. All right. And um, I guess we'll ask how you're doing now, yeah? I, I am absolutely fantastic. I am fired up. I am excited. I cannot wait for Saturday night and for this game and for this season to start. Uh, it's going to be a beautiful season. I can feel it already. The, I'm, I, I'm bursting. I'm bubbling. My beard is in jeopardy, but I don't care. Um, I'll lose it. I'll happily lose it. Um, this is going to be a fun year. I can feel it. I just, I know it. That is my hope. Um, obviously, 2022, probably the worst title defense in USL history. Um, someone can probably get the stats on that one, but... You know what? We can't get worse, so we can only go up. And uh, don't get stats on that, because I know we could technically be worse. Uh, finally, we have one final guess, uh, all the way from Louisville. Am I saying it right for the locals? Louisville, yes, I appreciate that. We're very particular about how it's pronounced. Yeah, I, uh, I have to remember just to ignore half the letters in that word uh, and get it to you. <laughs> But Benton, welcome to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Thank you for joining us. How's it going? Thanks so much for having me. Oh, a 
course, of course. Um, obviously, we've only ever played Louisville one. Sorry, <clears throat> Louisville one time. So it's it's you know we had not a great season, and maybe for those of us who don't keep up with everything that's going on in the USL, you know what's been going on in, in Louisville. Well, um, we're a team that's kind of had a lot of consistency. So what you guys saw last year going to see a lot of the same familiar faces we brought in a few new pieces but i'm um i think they i think the club's been boasting it's a record uh 22 players retained so um you know if it's not broke don't fix it you know we uh made it all the way to the finals last year and we're hoping to do uh just a little bit better this season um looking forward to taking you guys on and in, in your house this time you came to ours uh for the for the last matchup i know it wasn't your you guys, besties in the in the world, but you've uh, made a lot of off uh, off season changes that I'm really curious to see how how they pan out for you guys. I think you've uh, at least on paper improved a lot, so it should be a lot more interesting of a match. Yeah, obviously. Uh, oh, hello to people in the background, but um, obviously, 22 returners for you and just eight new Europeans for Orange County. So, have you gotten a chance to see them in the preseason? How are things gelling? Does Orange County have anything to look forward to in terms of a perhaps a randomly disorganized team? The Louisville City preseason was predominantly on the road. That was very intentional. I think that's an area for over the past two seasons, Coach Danny Cruz has really wanted to, the team to improve on. Um, but we did get one preseason match here in Louisville and one in which some season ticket holders could attend. We played one Knoxville and USL League One ended in a 2-2 draw. Probably a little bit of a Underwhelming performance from from what Coach Danny Cruz would have wanted, but otherwise the rest of the preseason had gone pretty well. What yeah. we saw, I mean, is uh, pretty much what we were used to. We very much controlled the match, played our game. Um, you know, just two momentary lapses that they were able to absolutely capitalize on. When the, kind of one of those matches you think if it's played over a couple more times, we probably would have won them, but didn't. That's okay, though. It's preseason. No points were on the line. Gives the team some uh, some tape to review, but uh, I mean they they were looking really sharp, and the few new players have joined the mix. They seem to be really gelling well with the team, so I'm really excited to see how that translates into the regular season when points are on the line. Great. Well, I hope uh, I hope they haven't figured it out just yet because we <laughs> might need all the help we can. Um, of course. I think it's Winder. It's the Winder brothers. Are these, uh, you know, youth development is a priority for both of these these teams, it seems. And, you know, one of them desperately needing to be back in the playoffs. Uh, Larry, what are you looking forward to this weekend? What are you looking Well, I, I actually have a question in particular about this weekend for Benton. Um, we, we all know how good Louisville's been the last, I mean, five straight Eastern Conference Finals appearances. Uh, four straight Eastern Conference final champions. Um, three, uh, uh, two consecutive championships. How is this team, how is your team going to recover after the devastating defeat they're going to take at the hands of Orange County Soccer Club on Saturday night? How are they going to get back to that winning form and get back to that Eastern Conference finals for the sixth consecutive year because losing on opening day that's a that's rough to come back from what uh what what kind of intestinal fortitude does your team have benton i mean it's it's brutal it'd be really devastating if we lost an opening day it's it's just a shame that it won't happen <laughs> but no i know but i mean 
No, no, in all seriousness, I, I, I think it's going to be a really interesting matchup between the two teams. You guys have a, have a lot of new looks, and so I think the, the element of surprise is, is definitely in your favor. But, uh, you know, I, the team has a, has an itch, a desire to kind of right the wrongs of last season, make it to the finals was, was awesome, but they fell short of that. And so that's, that eats at a lot of players uh, in, in the back of their mind, and they haven't forgotten that. And they're going to come out uh, firing on all cylinders down there in Orange County. Gotcha. Uh, one, one more question. The real question, besides me just trying to stir the pot a little bit. Um, again, back to the success. I mean, years and years and years of it, going all the way back to 17. Um, is anything less than an Eastern Conference Finals um, considered a failure? I mean, is, is this just expected uh, from you, from your fan base? I mean, blunt, blunt. Yeah. I mean, anything less than an Eastern Conference Final, I mean, we have a lot of people online saying it's our worst team ever. Um, you know, you could there could be arguments to that. You know, I mean, we darn near didn't make it even to the Eastern Conference Finals uh, last season. It got got real real close to with the the Pittsburgh match. We were down two nil in the 80th minute. I was sitting in my seat like, oh my god, this is this is the year. And what blew my mind about it is like on paper, I'll look at all the stats, seeing the team play. I'm like, this is not our club's worst team ever. Like. That, that's just not true, but people are going to say that because of the shortcomings. So, yeah, the I mean, the bar is very high, and it's it's going to remain that way for a long time. And, the, and thankfully, the the coaching staff and the players all have that that same bar as well. We are all very happy that our team made it to the finals. You know, disappointed that they fell short. Still, really happy and pleased with what had happened in the season. But a lot of these players are like, no, you know, it's that third star or bust. And I really like that attitude. And we've had a lot of continuity of guys that have seen that success. And when, so when we're bringing these new players, they're kind of helping really kind of instill those these values. We've really built up a a good culture on on, on the field with a lot with a lot of that continuity. You think of guys like Now McCabe and uh, Paul DePiccolo, Cameron Lancaster. Like that's winning is all these guys know. Taylor, uh, as the resident with some some real actual experience, uh, what are you looking forward to this weekend and what questions do you have for Ben? Uh, I'm looking forward to, I th I'm pretty sure if I remember rightly, it, the game against Louisville was when in the middle of me being so mad at OCSC for giving away penalties like every single game. And I think two of the, two of the three goals came from penalties. Uh, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that not being the case um, this time around. And um, I don't know. How, I don't. I don't know if it was asked, but I see in the chat that somebody wanted it to be asked if uh, fans were making the trip up uh, from Louisville to OC. I do know a couple that are uh, that are going to be in attendance for that match. Beyond beyond just those two, I don't know how many people are going to be making that trek. I would really like to um, <laughs> make that trip. Going to uh, going to California in March doesn't sound too too shabby compared to the weather here. Although it was really a nice day today. This to drop tomorrow though. Yeah, it's uh, there's a reason we we pay such a dear price to live here, and it's you know <laughs> 70 degrees in March, and uh, you know we complain when it hits 65, so probably worth it. Brad, as the statistician of the five of us, I think you're the closest thing we've got at least. Um, what do the numbers say? What what do you say? What what is coming on Saturday? Uh, um, I cannot put together a sentence let alone a string of thoughts sometimes so i don't know where you get the statistician i'm muted okay um but 
I guess my first question for you is, um, and it has nothing to do with stats, has nothing to do with the on-field performance, but, you know, you guys have Lynn Family Stadium, and I know that we got to experience it last year as a away team, but what's that like, and what does that do for a team, you know, in terms of not just on-field performance, because I guarantee you it sways players to do better, but but talking with players, because I'm sure you're in the position to do so, is that something that the players see? They see the stadium, they see 10,000 people in the stands. Is that something that gets players to the field there? To Louisville Yeah, City? I mean, yeah, I definitely think the, the atmosphere is a factor, and they've reiterated this a, you know, a number of times, and I don't think it's them just kind of stroking the egos when it's like a, a fan reporter, like myself, kind of uh, bringing that up. Uh, I, I keep thinking back particularly to our Pittsburgh match in the playoffs last season when we were down and uh, like I was talking about before in the 80th minute to nothing. And then we got that first goal, man, the momentum shift to atmosphere in there. You could, I could feel it. That was, that was really crazy, cool experience. And they definitely could feel that on the field as well. And I think that really kind of helps propel them um, in, in having so many people kind of cheering, um, cheering them on, making a really loud, intimidating atmosphere. I think it does really help. And I think that's also part of the reason why Coach Cruz is so focused on our away trip preparation is that you don't have that on the road. You know, it's a dip, different atmosphere. People are not chanting in your favors. I'm I'm thinking back to uh, to Detroit City when Matiti Mushagalusa, you know, getting middle fingers shoved in his face when he's trying to take like a corner kick or throwing. I forget what it was. It's, you know, it's a different beast that you have to kind of manage there. So I think that's definitely part of the preparation, different field sizes too, whatnot. But, um, but no, Lynn, Lynn Family Stadium is a, a really great place to play. I know you guys didn't have, um, didn't have a fun time there last uh, last season. I will say that I went back and looked at my match recap for that match. I think the 3-1 scoreline was probably a little unfair for your guys' team performance. I think you, you guys performed better than what that scoreline reflected, but uh, it is what it is. So We didn't have I'll a lot of fun anywhere, Benton. I'll follow up. So preview this game a little from the uh, Louisville side. What do we as Orange County fans need to kind of keep our eye out for? Who's the who's going to score a goal um, from Louisville this game? And other than Cam, Cameron Lancaster, if he's fully healthy, because I know he was injured for a significant portion of last season. Yeah. Cameron was pretty much a non-factor last season due to the injury. So it's really unfortunate, particularly because – uh, Coach Cruz has showed a fondness for like a three-five-two formation, and um, um, and wanting to have a two-striker combo up top, having Wilson Harris and Cameron Lancaster together. They didn't really get much of that, so that's one of the things I'm kind of looking for. Is shape-wise, what is my what is you know what is Louisville City going to be looking like? A lot of uh, a lot of last season, a lot of pretty much most of our history, we've played a lot of four-three-three uh, three shapes. So that's kind of the uh, you know that would be my just natural guess on maybe the shape they'd come out to play. But I went to the media today and, and it was talking with coach Cruz and he seemed pretty confident. He feels like he understands what's going to, um, what orange County is going to be coming out like. So I'm sure he already has it lined up pretty confidently in his head what that lineup is going to be looking like. But um, you know, I don't know who's going to start up top, but it, whether it's um, Cameron Lancaster, Wilson Harris, they're probably going to be the top goal scorers. Uh, you know, you also have dangerous sets. Brian Ombi, he might be 33 now. Dude's still very quick, very dangerous uh, player. Easily can put the ball in the net. Matiti Mushigalusa, he's done another one that's put uh, he's scored a number of times as well. I'm really excited to see how our midfield 
pans out this season. I think that's always been a strength of Louisville City. Got a lot of depth there. I don't know who they're going to play, you know? Um, it's not enough spots in the in the midfield to, to put out everybody that could be of, of talent. But now McCabe, been with the team since day one. Really excited to see him get out there. He had some 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 injury problems last season, so we didn't get him for the full entirety or maybe his full hell. We also have Rasmus Thelfson, um over from Denmark, which I'm very excited to see, which is really interesting because one of your new signings, I forget his name, also came from Denmark, happened to come from the same exact team as Rasmus. So a little bit of a reunion there. It's On the defense like half our roster, it feels like. Nielsen. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, on the defensive side, Sean Tosh, I mean, he's always in the conversation for best center backs. Uh, Josh Widener um, was mentioned earlier in the show, almost certainly going to be going off to Europe midway through the season when um, after he turns 18 in May. Um, I expect for him to be starting and, and dominant. See somebody in the chat, who should I focus my energy on heckling for purposes? I shouldn't worry about heckling anybody. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Um but I mean, I think we got talent all around the pitch. You got um, danger from anywhere. Um, I also like to shout out Amadou Dia, um, one of our outside backs. He uh, had our most assists last season. I don't think he gets enough credit for what he does for our team. So likes to see him get out there as well. I just keep going on and on about our team and about our guys. So I think we have a, a really good uh, setup. It's going to be just interesting to see who makes the cut for the starting 11. Well, uh, a stacked midfield sounds a lot like Orange County, um, but maybe not the fanciest stadium in, in the league. That being said, we got a good amount of rain this winter, so hopefully it's in good some shape or in some good shape. Because I know uh, in that 2020 restart, there was some paint involved, things were dire, and um, you know, at least if I can speak for everyone. I hope the pitch is up for it because we might actually see something uh, entertaining regardless of which way this match goes. Um, that does bring us into uh, the first match prediction of the season. So, uh, Benton, since it's your first time and for any new listeners, here's how it works. We uh, we guess a scoreline and we pick a team, as, as one might guess, and you get points. And at the end of the season, um, I'll probably be doing something stupid this year or Larry will be losing his beard. Uh, who knows? So, uh, Brad, any any other details I've, I've missed there, or would you like to just start so, us off with your match prediction? Yeah. No, I'll go into a little bit more elaborate detail. So this year, the score prediction is going to be conducted through, for those listening on the podcast, uh, through a Google form instead of just me hunting down all your guys's, uh, all your guys' scores. So for like Jeff, Jeff in the comments here, I don't know if he's a Louisville Homer, uh, Orange County Mm -hmm. fan, but he would go to a link, which I will post in the Orange County uh, Discord. Um, And from there, you just pick and choose through the list. It's pretty simple, pretty straightforward. And then I will get it on a database. And from there, it's just easy. I can present the results to you guys in a more cleaner format next season or this season. We're getting legit everyone. 2023 is our year or, or so we hope at least Um, Brad hit me with a score prediction. I saw Larry dropping his in the chat, but he's got to verbally say it for the count. Yeah. So my score prediction, my score prediction is going to be, 
you know, it's going to be a tough opener for both teams. I'm with uh, Nathan Wander in the chat. I'm a 2-2. Uh, I'm a 2-2 scoreline. And for a first Orange County goal of the 2023 season, I'm going to go ahead and say... I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, you know what, Milan. I feel like that's not a bold prediction, though. Taylor. I am going to go 3-2 win for OCSC. I think that's going to happen. And I also think that Milan will be, not to, you know, copy, but Milan will be the first one to score that goal for sure. Great. Larry? It is going to be a 1-1 tie. That is, uh, that's what I'm feeling for this week. And I believe that uh, Mark McNulty, again, Scotsman, because I love the Scots, um, he's going to score the first of 26 goals this season. Um, I don't know what I'll pay you if that happens, Larry, but you're just, on for that one. Just remember who won last year by a huge margin. Fair enough. That Fair was enough. me, Benton, by the way, just in case you were wondering. Yes, it, it indeed Thanks was. Um, and this maybe should be Larry's podcast now as a result. But <laughs> Benton, um, obviously, Ray is not here this week. And so I would instead, uh, since you're probably not going to play every week, like to offer you Ray's guess. Um, if I make ask, guess as poor of a score as you can imagine. I mean, 500 to 200, 10,000 to 1, I mean, whatever you're feeling as the scoreline. Whoever's going to be man of the match, go for it. I'm going to do Ray a solid, and I'm going to give him the right answer. Get him some points on your guys' tally there. It is going to be a 2-1 win for Louisville City. I respect the rebuild that you guys have built. I think you score a goal on us, despite our defense having been very great this year, and I don't see that any any reason for that to continue. But I do think we get two, uh, two by you. Um, we'll say a brace for Wilson Harris. And on your guys' side, I don't feel familiar enough with your team to make an educated guess, so I'm going to make the default of Oloski. Since he put a lot in last season, let's just go ahead and say he's your first goal scorer this season. Now, I know you mean Milan, but there are two. So, you know, maybe it's Brian. We'll, we'll give it to you. Uh, I don't know if it either or. Yeah. You're like the the lazy last name only Jeopardy answer where you get a couple extra seconds to think about who, which Johnson it actually was, which Olaski was it. I just have to say it confidently, and the, and then you guys will give it to me, right? Yeah, perfect. Um, I, I'm gonna have to echo you here, Ben. I'm gonna go two one, uh, Louisville, Louisville for this one. It's never gonna get any easier. I I don't see a way past a team that is has something of a dynasty going uh, in, in this league, but I think it'll be a lot more respectable than what we all witnessed last June. Yeah. And to be fair, again, the last June one, I, again, I, I think the three, one scoreline, just looking at that surface level feels just, just a little harsh. If you kind of go back and look at the numbers, how the game played out, like, you know, on my end, it never feels good for two of our three goals to be from, from the PK spot. I mean, I don't think they were particularly controversial, but we didn't get them from open play. So if I'm going to be nitpicky there, I would have, would have preferred that. I can't blame you. Uh, I don't think anyone foresaw just how much of a mess our defense would be last year. Uh, <laughs> certainly not by the end of the season. I see some 2-1 uh, some Orange Counties. That's from uh, Russell. 
And Joseph, a 2-2 two -two from Nathan Oloski with a brace for 2-1. 4-2 is definitely in favor of Louisville. 2-1, uh, I'm guessing, is also Louisville. But yes, uh, someone dropping my favorite stat. Thanks, Nathan. Orange County have not won an open game since 2017. Brad should be familiar with that one. It was up there in Reno, Nevada. I want to say it was 2-1. I want to agree with you. I, I only remember that game because that was when I got you to try Malort for the first time. And oh, my friend, that was 2019. That was a 2-2 oh. draw. But oh, when was the last game? When was the last time we had a home opener? A home opener. Literally typing that. <laughs> I could not, not tell you, Taylor. Maybe 2016. And did we win that one? I don't remember. I think it was before 17. I, tell you. I think it was 16. So I don't think yeah, we can't. So that was... It's a home opener. So we've got we've got that behind us now too. <laughs> Perfect. Our our home, hopefully our home opener record or our opening day record at home. There we go. We can make it more specific. We can cherry pick this one and say that we're perfect uh, since it never happens. Um, wow. Any any final thoughts for, for this Saturday from anyone? Just excited. I'm I... incredibly excited. Sorry, Benton. Please go ahead. You know, I was just going to sympathize with you guys. I, I, I believe that after Louisville, you guys play the Tampa Bay Rowdies. And I, that's just that's just a, a really tough draw. So, you know, if things don't go your way, the first two ones, I hope you guys keep your heads up because, I mean, that's just tough. I mean, it's just two objectively good teams. And with that said, you know, with my prediction, I try to be like really rational about it, but I just I don't have any evidence that our team has has fallen off at all. So um, so that's you now. Hence my my confidence on there, but you guys have home field advantage, so maybe if you guys, you know, cheer them on enough, find the right players to heckle, maybe maybe you get something from the match. Well, yeah, the good news is that game number three is against Las Vegas, so we have that going for us. Oh, there you go. There's three points for you. <laughs> I, I was I was going to say that most fans might actually be a little bit cautiously optimistic this season just based on how last year went but uh larry's just going straight for uh total confidence and a steamrolling that brad will probably get to witness <laughs> in person one way or, or another so thanks larry i uh, look forward to us losing 10 nil somehow um to vegas <laughs> but uh yeah for anyone going don't forget to drink some water and bring yourself a throat lozenge because it's been a few months since we've all been yelling and uh that opening day just just hurts. Um, still, I hope you have a good time. Um, there's one thing that we're maybe excited to see for this match that has absolutely nothing to do with score lines, and that is uh, the home kits for this year, which I saw some complaints about it earlier. Adidas is going to be the uh, least valuable partner or least valuable player in this season, but um, <laughs> we have... If you were quick on Instagram a week or two ago, you might know what the away kit looks like. Um, but at the moment, no one knows what the home kit will look like. Brad, since you seem to be the most familiar with the situation from the messages I've seen, do you care to fill in anyone who might not be uh, as meshed in as we are? So, yeah, the team sent out a message earlier that Adidas has kind of dropped the ball on their end and without going into any details uh the players have i think one version of the kit 
maybe both versions. Uh, the team has neither version for the fans. And um, I mean, I'm sure our guest who I believe is in the green room uh, can give us more information that I'm not privy to. And I guess I'm doing Dylan's job for for him today. Uh, if producer uh, Andy wants to bring him on, maybe he might be able to answer questions for us. And with that, bring him. Well, producer Andy is there. He is. Oh, there he is. Ah, Good evening, everybody. Dan. It's Dan. Dan, how's it going? It's good. Thank you for bringing me in just at the really controversial moment. You could have just asked me what you thought my views on the school might be, but you know, you bring me straight into the uh, the Adidas debate, as you would phrase it in America. But um, very nice to see you all. Um, very excited for the weekend. Well, Dan, as ever, thanks for what you do for this club. Uh, your efforts last season, of course, will probably not be forgotten, uh, at least as long as we remain in the stadium. But we'll we'll start here. We'll start low, and and we'll build up to uh, to talking about your thoughts on the scoreline. Uh, are there any secrets you know about this kit? Can you just tease us with a, a slight description of what it might look like? So obviously, as you have pointed out, the eagle-eyed among you have seen a brief preview of the kit because I think my understanding is it pictures of it appeared on the Discord channel. Um, but we do indeed have, as you would expect from a team, two new kits this year. Um, and as the statement that the club put out earlier today that I've been writing on and off for a few days, um, we unfortunately are not able to sell those kits to our fans, which um, obviously as a fan myself, nothing more frustrating than not being able to wear the the kit that the team are wearing. Um, we are not the only team in this league to have uh, struggled with this. Some have actually struggled much worse, my understanding is. I think there's at least one team in the league who doesn't actually have a kit to play in. Um, so I'm not quite sure how that gets resolved. But we do. Um, it will be revealed later this week. The team obviously have a kit to play in. It is very exciting. They will look good in their new kit and they will play well in their new kit. Unfortunately, uh, you guys won't be able to buy any of the kits. I mean, we'll do some version of a pre-sale um, and Adidas have offered something to try and make up for the fact there is a delay and more details will come about that later in the week. But yeah, I'm afraid you can't you can't look like the players just yet. Well, we we can wait as long as things uh, go well on Saturday. I think the demand might get a little bit higher. Um, Dan, a question that only you of the six of us right now could answer: Why no third kit this year? Uh, what was the club club's thought process there? So that's a good question. Um, my question return would be: Who says there is not a third kit? All right, Russell well, here uh, in the chat says that. Yeah, no, I definitely don't want to take uh, take any of those words. And uh, Russ, you can you can wait for that one sometime later this year, I guess. If I, I mean, yes, it. indeed, it's um, it's a special year for the club, and let's see how things go. Let's let's not get hasty. Let's try and do one kit at a time. Um, but I 
I can neither confirm nor deny that there will be a number of kids that's not an even number. Great. Love it. I hope it's, uh, you know, 25 or something. Uh, something crazy. We can we can pull a Vegas and just a new one every match and, and figure something out. Um, Dan, you, you're you in and around the club every single day. Obviously, you interact with, uh, with the technical staff, with the playing staff a little bit more than we do. Um, I asked everyone else here earlier, what are you most looking forward to this year? Uh, who's your... Um, Who's your MVP before anything's even kicked off? So, I mean, I think the first thing to say is it's exciting. Obviously, a new year is always exciting. I think what you see in the USL, but maybe you don't see in maybe some other leagues, is the, the high turnover of players. Now, when you finish where we did last year, it's even more reason to be excited about high turnover of players. Um, there are a lot of new faces um, some names that are easy to pronounce or some names that are less easy to pronounce. There is, in the way that this club scouts, there are some great players who've come from elsewhere. I think in the USL, a lot of teams, the way they hire is they find American players from other teams in the USL, offer them slightly more money, and then they come and play for them. That's not how we have built our squads in the past. And... You look at the team that won the championship in 2021 and, you know, there was there were players that we signed and no one had heard of when we signed them, but we've got an amazing ability to scout because you know, Oliver's network on the and the soccer side and Pete, Pete Nugent's network, we get amazing players in and I think everyone's excited. There's a lot of fresh faces. There's obviously a new captain. There's a lot of excitement around the club. And we we feel that in the front office, obviously, we're interacting with the players. And one of the things I've tried to do since I've taken over, I've got a really good relationship with Oliver. So we have a you know a soccer president and a business president, and the two of us get on really well. And we're trying to find ways of making it feel like one club. And the front office are excited, and the players are excited, and there's just a everyone just can't wait to get on with this season. Preseason's been odd. You know, bad weather, which is not what you expect here, meant that we couldn't do an event we wanted to do for the season ticket holders last week. But we're just we're nearly there now, and everyone just can't wait to get out there. And I'm excited for you to see the new players. I'm excited for some of the things that we're going to be doing differently in the stadium. And we just we're all ready for some football, and uh, I can't wait. Great, Brad. I know you've got a question. Please try to unmute yourself. <laughs> Fire yeah, away. Of course. Um, so I'm going to first, uh, Russell asked a question that, uh, I'm curious into myself. Uh, what's in your Glencairn tonight? If there is anything. Well, that's a, that's a good question. Seems to be a standard question for me, uh, on this podcast and others. Um, I'm not drinking this week. I, uh, this is a big week. Yeah. I'm not playing on Saturday, obviously, but it doesn't mean that there's not a lot to do. So, uh, this is a rare occasion where I'm taking a week off the booze because there's going to be a lot of work that needs doing this week. So um, there will be something in my Glencairn on Saturday night, I imagine, after we've got through the first game and hopefully a result to celebrate. But I'm, uh, I'm staying dry uh, for the next few days with, a, with apologies to the Scottish whiskey industry. Uh, so I guess I'll follow up with actual Orange County business relatedness. Um, so in the past, Orange County's had, especially last season, a lot of opportunities to draw fans out with unique events like 
fire trucks and uh, at the stadium and family days and all of that stuff. But with the person in charge at during that time, no longer with the team, uh, what's the team doing moving forward and getting, you know, just special occasions for fans uh, other than I know you guys have returned uh, the beer fest. Yeah, no, it's a good question. It was funny. We joke about it internally. I know that um, when Jeff was in charge, he came from a sort of minor league baseball background and he loved the sort of traditional way of spilling a sports venue. And we joke, I think one game we nearly had um, rodeo monkey cowboys um, uh, for a game, which apparently is a standard of the Midwest minor league baseball world. Something I'm not sure I would have wanted to see. And you know, we will not be having that this year. Um, I think for me, there's, there's sort of, there's three things we're going to be trying to do differently this year in the in the stadium. I think one is I would call better basics. So we're just trying to make the fan experience smoother. So it's not very sexy at all, but we've got a new security system for when you're coming in. So some of the lines that you've seen, we won't hopefully have those lines because we have a smoother entrance system. No less safe, to be clear. Um, it's just a much more fluid way of getting people into the stadium. Um, we, we've looked at, we've done a sort of root and branch review of how we do everything. Uh, we learned a lot of lessons from from the Hamburg game where we tried to do some things differently. It didn't quite work the way we wanted. So we're just trying to make the, the fan ex experience smoother, so security smoother. There's new seating areas we've got. Um, You'll see them over the next few days come out. We're going to have some different areas, some new seats on the field, just trying to just freshen things up and give people a different way of looking at it. So there's sort of this sort of better basics. Um, and then I think what we call fun for the fans. So obviously we're not baseball or hockey where there's, or sorry, basketball where there's breaks every 10 seconds and there's fan cams and kiss cams and all that sort of stuff. But there are still things you can do that we need to be better at. So We'll be doing some surprise upgrades where fans will be put into better seats than the ones that they had brought into the stadium for. Um, there will be, um, I guess, the the soccer equivalent of the is it free tacos when you your opponent misses two free throws. There'll be you'll see some giveaways, uh, possibly chicken based, uh, for fans in certain sections through the season. So we're just trying to you know without being ridiculous about it and spoiling what is a you know is a proper soccer experience that we're just trying to bring a little bit more of um i guess what what you would all as americans say is american stuff um but we're just trying to make the fan experience a bit a bit livelier um and then i think the third category would be easy to enjoy so we're improving that there'll be more food trucks there'll be different food trucks there's a couple of regulars that we're going to have which are in amazing food. And we got to taste test all of these new ones. So we're very excited about that. Um, there'll be some different drink specials and so on. And as you alluded to, the, the, you know, the beer fairs are back. Last year we had three. This year we're, we're adding one extra. Um, and we'll be announcing soon some other alcohol-related events that will be taking place through the year. So we... There won't be rodeo cowboys, monkeys on the backs of sheep, whatever it is that Jeff wanted to do. Um, but there will be a gnarly's birthday carnival. There will be fireworks. There will be quite a few drinking events. Um, but also just a better standard of fan experience, hopefully, for you all to enjoy. Great. Away from the pitch, Benton. Take it away. I was to say, Dan, I actually have a question for you. Um, 
you know, and I apologize that this is something you guys have already discussed, but I'm really interested to kind of hear about your guys' partnership with Visit Fainador over in uh, the Eredivisie, how that came about, and, um, you know, how that might influence your guys' kind of future trajectory of the club, particularly, I guess, uh, with the, uh, with the, I guess, an academy. Is it is that going to kind of really push you guys kind of go more in that direction? Yeah, no, it's a good question. I think we've always prided ourselves at this club just doing things a little bit differently in terms of how we look at our scouting. And I alluded to it with the number of European players that we've got. Um, but our, our sort of motto of um, community heart, global vision, it's a big part of what we do. And we've got the partnership with the Rangers that we've had now for, for three years. And that is an ongoing partnership. We're still doing things with Glasgow Rangers. Um, but it was never meant to be an exclusive partnership. Um, and, through the contacts that we've we've got through our through Oliver on the soccer side, um, he's been working for a while with Feyenoord, who are at the moment top of the Dutch league. So expect to see them in the Champions League if they can hold off Ajax. And it's another partnership that could yield real interest going forward. So um, as those on social media would have seen, they've had three of our players over there in pre-season. Uh, to have a look at them. So, they're, they're, you know, we have sold players to Europe. Everyone knows that's part of our business model. They're now going to be looking at our players. We will be looking at taking some of their young players. And I think, as we said in the announcement, there's also this sort of global scouting platform part where they will identify players from third countries and rather than bringing them straight into Holland, they'll bring them to us first, um, which is a really interesting model for us. So it gives us access to potentially fascinating players who are part of this launch pad that we've created to take people from the US into Europe. So it will be, you'll see it as the season develops more and more what the strength of that partnership is. Plus all of the, the commercial stuff, the fan engagement stuff, which has been a hallmark of our Rangers partnership. So yeah, no, it's a, it's a big part of what we're trying to do. You know, we've got a British partner, a continental European partner. And in the future, who knows who else we'll partner with? Uh, I'm going to barge in and uh, ask a follow-up to this because it kind of r- brings some alarm bells the way you kind of explained it uh, to my days back with uh, Reno 1868. And that's with the uh, partnership of uh, who gets say and what players take the field here and final say because with Reno 1868, um when they worked with san jose oftentimes they were being sent players and obviously it's different given that it's a lot further distance but how much of this is uh fanord or rangers sends as a player and expects playing time out of them versus merit-based we have our own roster that we've signed ourselves and back and forth that is a an excellent question actually um, and the answer is you have nothing to worry about. And I'm not just saying that because it's my job to say that. But uh, for those of you who have encountered Oliver, um, he is not a man who you can tell who can play in his in his team. Um, and he would never ask a coach to play the player he doesn't want. Um, I think there's different ways partnerships have been done. And you look at ownership models. So there was a very famous case of sort of Manchester City loaning Frank Lampard over to New York and then bringing him home at what would have been a vital moment in the MLS season, um, which made, it was bad for the MLS because it looked like 
the league wasn't taken seriously because Man City were manipulating their players. And that's fine, um, but they own them and it's part of a, a central group. We're not, final don't own us, Rangers don't own us, we do what we want. You know, when the Rangers players were on loan uh, pre-pandemic, they weren't good enough to play, they wouldn't play. Now, you know, for those of you who remember Reese Breen, who did play, he was excellent and deserved to be in the team. But there were players that came over that you may not have seen on the field because even though Rangers loaned them to us, they didn't make the cut, so they didn't play. So it, that's not how we're doing this. Um, no one's bought us. No one's telling us what to do. If there's value for our team, then we can use those players. And if they're not good enough to play or they don't fit in the system, then they won't. So this isn't somebody taking over us. This is just us having an ability to draw players from a from a different pool. So... Uh, it's an entirely plausible question in the growing market in the US where some teams, I think, have done things differently, but that's not how we're doing things. Um, and it's a brave man who tries to tell Oliver uh, who can go in his team or not. Glad to hear it. And uh, long may two teams stay out of championship stadium. Larry, go for it. Uh I'm, I'm going to take a little swerve here, Dan, because you, you know me well enough to know I like to ask the hard hitting questions. Um, I want to talk about the uh, most recent signing, most recent announced signing, uh, Tomas Amang. Now, I have it on very good authority, and I won't say who I have this, who, who my source is on this. I'm not going to give that up, but I have it on very good authority that if Amang scores against San Diego Loyal, Orange County Soccer Club is in fact going to build a statue of Tomas. So I'm wondering, should this happen? Where do you envision this statue going? Will it be inside the stadium? Will it be outside the stadium, like at Dignity Health, with that wonderful statue of David Beckham and that other guy? I can't remember his name. Uh, what is your vision? Should this happen, Dan? An excellent question, Eric. Like, when I met Thomas for the first time, I did perhaps say to him that if he scores against San Diego, we'll build him. A statue. I hadn't really thought very hard about where the statue would be. Um, I mean, obviously, directly outside the stadium would be a great place. Um, obviously, uh, it's not our stadium. Uh, that would be very much for the city of Irvine uh, to decide if they were allowed to build statues of Thomas Among or indeed any other players. Um, but I imagine we could at least make a little sand sculpture on the beach volleyball court as a starting point and take it from there. But um, I... Yeah, look, I love the San Diego thing. It's really interesting, the sort of rivalries. So, you know, there's 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 soccer rivalries in Europe that go back over 100 years. And obviously, you don't need to know much about our partners, Rangers, to know that they have a relationship with Celtic, which is complicated uh, and historical and at times quite violent. Um, and But it's built over generations. Um, here, obviously, the teams aren't that old, but... I think some of the things that have gone on on and off the field make San Diego a very legitimate rival. LA Galaxy geographically were nearer, but because they were only a reserve team who played in front of no fans, notwithstanding the stadium eviction thing, uh, which was their parent team, um, the the real soccer rivalry is San Diego. And the fact that, you know, they had a cracking player who's now our player. Um, and obviously, you know, on the field last year, there was... There was some sending offs and uh, the year we won the championship, the tide turned 
when we played against them and scored late in the game in a way that we hadn't really been doing. So there's a real rivalry there, and I can only imagine it will get more and more fierce as we play each other more and more often. And statue building is just part of that. Perfect. Uh, Dan, I look forward to seeing you in your uh, your best board shorts, you know, your best Orange County outfit out there, uh, board shorts and a trucker hat, and a tank top building that, uh, that statue or that sand statue at least, uh, in a couple of weeks. Taylor, you want to bring this one home? Let's chat about this Saturday. Absolutely. So I know that we talked briefly about this, but it's going to be, you know, a record uh, home opener, and we have it at home, so we have that um, behind us. And uh, just how do you think that is going to impact our playing, um, especially against a team that is going to be quite tough like Louisville? Um, and do you think we can keep that momentum going forward from the fans? Um, into the next games, and do you think that's going to have an impact going forward as well? Yeah, look, that's a, a great question, Taylor. I think um, you know it's been a it's been a funny couple of years between you know winning the league and then finishing at the other end of the league, and yet last year, even though on the field we finished bottom of that table, we set new records for attendance, for merchandise, for partnerships. So it was you know the the front office's strongest year. And we had two genuine sellouts towards the end of the year. There was the Galaxy game, which was always going to be a sellout for obvious reasons. Um, but we had a sellout against um, against San Diego as well. So, you know, fans know who we are. They enjoyed the end of that season. People are ready to come back. I'm excited about the schedule. As you were saying just before I came on, we don't appear to have started the season at home for a remarkably long time, um, including, amazingly, somehow we didn't get the home fixture, even though we were champions. Now, I think I can say this is not really inside baseball, but from a front office point of view, it's probably better to start on the road. It gives you one extra week to sell tickets, one extra week to get you know the broadcast right. All the things that you need to prepare for, it's sort of good possibly to be away, but that's not the club that we want to be from the technical point of view. You want to open at home. And frankly, we just want to be open at home. It'd be nice to have the extra week to plan, but I don't want that. I want, I want people in the stadium coming to watch us. And the fact that we've got three in a row at home is great because we haven't had that sort of start to a season. You know, our players have been flying off to either cold places or high altitude places or far away places to start the year. But this year, now, we've got two very hard games for the first two games, but two teams who people are going to want to come and see. So we're excited. Um, you know, last year we opened with a beer fest to make sure that we had our record home opener. But this year we deliberately didn't put a beer fest, which is one of our most popular ways of bringing people in because we know that we're going to get a great crowd. And I think on Saturday, we announced that seven sections were sold out with seven days to go. And we're trending towards what will be another record for a home opener. And then we possibly literally stumble into a beer fest the following week um, when we've got another very good opponent. Um, and it's great to start that off. And I think we want to see the fans being loud. We want to see them proud to be in Orange County. You know, we fought to keep you in this stadium. Let's make the most of that facility. Um, we're going to try and make it as easy as possible for us, for you to make it as loud as possible. Um, and I think three home games in a row with new team, new players, it could be a really strong atmosphere. And I'm not sure we've ever had a 
fortress at home. I'm not sure we've ever had this sort of 12th man, um, 12th person. Um, but I think this year it feels like if we can bring the momentum with the crowds we had at the back end of last year into this into this run of games at the beginning, we could have a cracking start to the year. Okay, Dan, um, I'm looking forward to it. One final, very random question for you, which will lead us right into the end of our show after we let you go. What is your favorite vegetable? And how do you prepare it? So interesting. I'm going to refuse to answer that question. So um, I've answered other ones, but I remember, where are we? Um, I think when I first became joined the club, I remember listening to this podcast a year or so ago, and I remember you asking this question of people. And I remember thinking, well, I'm never going to answer that question. So um, I, 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 I will talk to you about kits, and I will talk to you about all the things we're doing at the club, but I'm going to offer you no views on vegetables, I'm afraid, Dylan. <laughs> I, I have to respect it. Dan, thank you for coming on. Uh, thanks for, for filling anyone in who maybe wasn't plugged in, who hasn't been paying too much attention. Uh, wow, what, a, what, a, what an answer for me. I'm, I'm a little bit shocked and a little bit rocked from your so refusal to answer. What I'd like to do, instead of telling you about vegetables, if I could just, I guess, say one thing to the fans, if I may. Um, and obviously... This applies to, to you as well, my people on the podcast, but also the people listening. And I brought my um, my son to his first game on Saturday, if you count pre-season this game, because um, uh, he goes to bed early, so he doesn't get to come to the evening matches, plus I'm always busy. But I brought him along on, on Saturday for the first game, and I, I introduced him to some of the fans. And I said to, to Larry, well, sorry, I said to my son, this is, this is Larry, he is what we call a super fan. Um, and I had to explain to him what a superfan was. And he was very excited to meet a superfan, as he should be. And I think my message to the superfans and to the normal fans is, you know, we really appreciate your support. And I don't want to go over old ground, but you, you will remember, and I think I said this on the podcast, when we were going through all that ridiculous stuff with Galaxy last year. We as a club never felt a bond as strong with you, the fans, as we did when we had to fight for the stadium. Um, and we felt that deeply in the front office that, and, you know, maybe it takes someone trying to evict you from your stadium for you to realise how much the club means to people, but we really understood what the club meant to you then, and we know that now when we went through the whole off-season and when we were, we were doing all our planning and all our off-sites, I was saying to the team, you know, never forget that feeling that we had when we realised how much this all mattered to you. Um, so, you know, we're grateful for that, for what you did to help us get through that last year. You know, we're now through that, we're back and we just, you know, we're grateful to you and we want you to come to the games, not worrying about the jeopardy of, of where we're going to play and just come and support your team. And, you know, the players have been told what happened. Um, the new players are ready to come and give you something to cheer about. We as a front office are excited to have you back in the stadium and we can't wait for Saturday. So I thank you for last year and I thank you in advance for coming out this year, for cheering the team, for you know buying the new merchandise because you can't yet buy the kits and all the support that you're going to give us. Um, and we're really grateful to that and we look forward to, to seeing you at Championship Soccer Stadium for at least 17 games and hopefully some more this year. Great. Thank you, Dan, for joining us. 
and uh, we'll see you on Saturday at the champ. Brilliant. Thanks. Thanks, Dan. All right. On to everyone's favorite. Uh, again, his refusal to answer the veggie question really threw me for a loop. We had this whole great segue about randomness. It's random thoughts time. Everyone's favorite time of the show. It's time for all the viewers to leave. It's what we call Orange and Black Starcast After Dark. Uh, Benton, for anyone new here, if you don't know what's going on, you get a random thought from all of us or a book recommendation if you're, if you're mm. uh, Brad. I don't know why you're going first here today. Your random thought. I'm going first today because I'm always the person who goes first today. And my random thought is um, I want Benton in his random thought to inform us what his favorite vegetable is because I feel like there's a <laughs> void in this show that is missing and the people want answers. I'm going to half answer it. It's not maybe necessarily my favorite, but recently I've become to appreciate spinach a bit more. Um, I feel like it's pretty pretty neutral. You know, it's gotten a bad rap in cartoons growing up, at least from my perspective. I'm a very picky eater. Um, you know, tried it, worked it into some dishes, and again, pretty neutral. It's healthy for you, so um, its stock has risen quite a bit recently for me in recent memory. I, I approve this message. Taylor, just throw us a random thought. It could be law school related. Lawyer on us. Promote yourself. Oof. Uh, nope. Two, two more, two months left of law school. That's as far as I'll go there. It's crazy. It's intense. Random thought is going to have to be how very excited that um, the NWSL is going to be on FIFA 23, FIFA 2023, March 15th. That's very exciting. Oh, excuse my alarm. No worries. We'll get you out of here. I promise. Larry, your random thought. Uh, my random thought is just straight up excitement for this coming season. Um, Peterson, Nackham, uh, Owen Lamb, Andrew Fox, Milan, Brian, Brent, Seth, uh, Sparky, Emil, all of these new guys coming in. Man, I just, I cannot wait. Um, I, this is going to be a great year for Orange County Soccer Club. I have no doubt whatsoever in my mind. And I will make the bold prediction of right now that not only do we play Louisville in game one, we are going to play Louisville in the last game of the season. Wow. All right. That We're swinging bold. for the fences. Ooh, man. He's betting but, that beard on that one. But I am going to add in that, Benton, you will be coming here. Oh, I'll tra I travel for those. Yeah, for sure. I'll be there. Great. Um, wow. My random thought is, uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of hype. It's a lot of excitement. Unfortunately, we're out of town. Otherwise, I'd be looking forward to seeing all of you there this Saturday. But, you know, have a good time. Let's start drinking some water now. We'll be prepared for that one. If you cannot wait, it's only four days to go. If for some reason you don't have a ticket, like Dan said, there's seven sold out sections. So you should probably get on that one and get yourself a ticket. OrangeCountySoccer.com for that one. But for us, uh, just trying to wrap this one up short of an hour so everyone can be proud of me and producer Andy doesn't get too angry. Thanks, producer Andy. Thank you, Brad. Benton, thanks for staying up late, man. I know it's uh, it's pretty late over there. Taylor, thanks for joining us as always. And Larry, I look forward to seeing your beard gone. Uh, for all of us here on the Orange Black Soccer Cast, thanks for joining us. Uh, go County, and we are out. Oh, God, yeah.